I was speaking in front of 600 people in Germany, and uh, I told this joke, and only the panelists laughed. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I was like, I'm gonna pre-screen my jokes for Dude, now on. Yeah. But but plus, you know, that being All said, there, yeah, yeah. the Germans do have an interesting oh. comedy oh, about them. Yes, yes, they do. You didn't have that going for you. Yeah, time. yeah. They may have given you a light smile, which is their way of cracking up. Yeah. Their humor is very dry, sarcastic. Yep. yep. Yeah. And it, it, <laughs> it was funny, man. And also very blunt. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've noticed about Europeans. You know, very direct, very yeah. blunt. You know, they'll tell you exactly what they feel. Yep. And small talk usually doesn't really go over as no, well not as at all. Uh, over no. here. So. Unless it's cars or something and you're in Germany. That's a good yeah. way to, yeah. Because, I mean, Germany they've got Mercedes, good. Audi, oh, BMW. Yeah. yeah. It's. I've always found things to talk about yeah. with Germans <laughs> when it comes oh, yeah. to those three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man. It doesn't matter if it's male or female either, man. Sure. That's one thing I've noticed about that culture. They're just yeah. very, very proud of their engineering Car, abilities. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. That's, I mean, three huge luxury brands that exist in the whole world come yeah. out of Germany. There's something to that, you know? That's a good point. That's a very good point. But, uh, but Mercedes and Audi, I mean, uh, Audi is just known as, like, the driver's sure. car. You yeah. Know? And, I, oh, my gosh, I loved my Audi. Then Mercedes is just, like, the epitome of luxury. Right, right. When you drive that. I got rid of my Mercedes. I had an S-Class. I got oh, yeah. rid of it early because, to me, it was, like, I categorize it as, like, old man luxury. The Fair thing point. was so comfortable, yeah. dude. But I could this was just recently, but I couldn't feel the road. Well, I mean, you know? I, I think I mean that's sort of the nature of Mercedes, though, it right? Is, it's yes. like you get the luxury; you don't feel any bumps in the road. Like yeah. the steering is all sort of like super smooth. Now I know. And, I wanted to feel yeah. where I was going, you know. So that I, now it's I've got a Cadillac, which is yeah. uh, I got that for the technology because the Cadillac that I have has better self-driving autopilot abilities than Tesla does. Really? Yeah, they mapped highways across yeah. the whole U.S. with LiDAR. I, yeah. I can go for like 45 minutes and a half around Chicago in my Cadillac and not even touch the steering wheel. Driving around Chicago is fun, man. Yeah. I mean, like, I remember uh, I was down there driving from Naperville into Chicago proper, and, you know, it's like rally racing yep. a little bit. You know, like, it people is. are driving on the on the side of the <laughs> yep. freeway, you're moving through cars, people are honking at you. Right like, on. It's a fun time. Most it people is. hate it, but you know, know for right? whatever reason. And I grew up in California, so we yeah. have you know bad drivers out there too. So, yep. but yep. Chicago is like sort of next level at the driving game. Dude, you gotta it's a, yeah, have exactly. That situational awareness. I do, right? I do not allow. That I say it this way yeah. because my wife says it this way, but yeah. I don't allow my wife to drive in the city of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Because it, I mean, this was back even when we were dating, you sure. know, and even <laughs> even her dad. I mean, yeah. they, maybe I, I didn't even know this until we were. I've been married eighteen years now, but like sure. ten years into our marriage, yeah. right? She was. She told me the story on how when we were just together and we'd be like, hey, we'd like to – she would ask her dad, can we borrow your car to go to the city or something? And she's like, is Rick driving? This is her dad. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, he is. Oh, okay, then no problem. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's crazy out there, man, yeah. like, I tell you. I mean, but like you know better than I. I mean, you, you've been living out there for, for quite some time it sounds like, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, the, yeah, but yeah. My whole life really. Okay, yeah, yeah. Except yeah. for a few months when I lived in Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix, Arizona? But I was like seven years old at that point in time. <laughs> so you so. probably don't even remember it really. I remember a little bit. Oh, you yeah. know what I remember, which is the craziest thing that you remember? And it, I love the pre-show talk too, by the way. This is, <laughs> yeah. The one thing I remember about the yeah. place we lived in is the first couple of steps that I took in there, yeah. it was like staples were going into the bottom of my feet. 
from the carpet. And it didn't matter where you were standing at the yeah. carpet, whether yeah. it was at the edges where the staples usually are, sure. or in the middle of the room, yeah. it felt like you just had these needles just driving in the bottom of your feet. Yeah. And I don't think that's the reason why my parents decided to come back to Chicago. Sure. Because I always got different stories from both of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why they decided to come back, and but they both just agreed on the point that it just didn't work out. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very like visceral experience. Like you remember precisely that oh, yeah. one thing. I well, mean, who wants to walk right. on freaking needles? You know. <laughs> Oh, man. oh, there's one other memory I have of there, yeah. too. I, I remember, like, some visual images of the school that I went sure. to. I remember the name of the school yeah. because it was so unique, Ho-Ho Cam. But the other thing I remember, yeah. the only other vivid memory yeah. I have was, I don't know if it was, like, the first morning or the second sure. morning we were in the new house there, yeah. that we ate breakfast on the floor in the dining room because the furniture had not arrived yeah, yet. Sure, sure. And it was powdered donuts, powdered like powdered donuts. mini donuts yep. with chocolate milk. And ever, it's because of that. I'm not kidding, because I used to be like super huge, sure, like sure, large, sure. fat. Yeah. And that was always like a classic snack for or, staple for you. Yeah, treat yeah. to go to at yeah. night. I'm talking like before, which was bad before. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was like I'd go and pick up the the donuts, the little Debbie yep. donuts, yep. you know, in the in the nice white bag and some chocolate milk, and I'd have some powdered donuts and some chocolate milk. Man, that's All like from a that. that is like a little kid's dream though. Yes. You know, like for breakfast, right? Dude, chocolate it's an milk adult kid's donuts. dream too. Yeah, <laughs> it still point. tastes good. I haven't yeah. had that though. Geez, like five years or something yeah, yeah. Uh, now my favorite donut i'm yeah. telling you a lot about myself this stuff never makes it on which is that we can use some of this right maybe we usually use most of it yes <laughs> my favorite my absolute favorite yeah. kind of donut is an old-fashioned donut old either fashioned. glazed yeah. or or a chocolate glaze and it's those like crummy donuts Interesting. you know there's something about the texture of them that is just so delicious that's a good point because like you go to Krispy Kreme and that's a different texture it is, yeah. and then you go to like a Safeway and it's like crumbly uh-huh is a different it so of, much is, yeah. yeah, but it's old-fashioned. Some places will call yeah. them sour cream donuts because the donuts. glaze has like a yeah. sour cream base to it. Oh, my God, they're so good. I still dive into these. We're Actually, my, my Uber driver, this. yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. My Uber driver on yeah. the way to the airport back in Chicago, he stopped at my favorite bakery like every morning. He lived in the same town I did, you know, and he's like, yeah, I stop every morning at Fleckin' Signs. I'm like, dude, get out. You don't stop every morning, do you? And he holds up the bag right there oh, in front man. of me. <laughs> like 5.30 in the morning, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you really do. No way. So then I ask him, and he's the same, he was the same way. Old-fashioned donut every morning. And he's like, yeah, they know me. He's like, they have it ready for me when I walk in because it literally is every day. That's crazy, And he man. had been living in the same town for like sure. 20 years or something, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, so yeah. They, they just know him. It's like pretty funny. Brings you back a little bit, right? Yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. So I guess we can just dive in now because sure. I, I, I wanna, <coughs> I'll do the, just the official issue or whatever. Yeah. Hey, welcome back to All In with Rick Jordan. I am Rick Jordan. I'm really pumped, and you should be too. This show is about business, life, and tech, and really about making more money, doing more good, and having more fun. That's kind of the the premise of this whole thing. You know what? And. Take a listen back to some of the previous episodes, too, and share ones with just one person or whatever that you feel could use it because everybody knows somebody that's going through some crap and they could use some uplifting or some help or whatever or even just some straight truths in their life to move on. I've got a guest on today. Dude, say your name for me. I know it's Chad. I don't know your last name. I didn't catch that. I'm sorry. but No worries. <laughs> I'm pumped because you have an amazing jacket on, too. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Likewise, I'm loving the shirt, Thank man. You. It's a very cool texture. Uh, my name is Chad Oda. Awesome. You got a little pocket square going, too, pocket huh? Pocket square, yeah. Yeah, that's that's hot, dude. I lo- I'm, I'm going to call you hot. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I do, whatever. You know, it's all platonic. Yeah. So, I mean, like, a, you know is what? Is that I, the right word? Yeah, there uh, we go. Sure. I make up words sometimes, too, no, but great, that, that's man. okay. Yeah, you know, it's actually really interesting you noticed that because, like, there was, uh, there was this movie director, Guy Ritchie, and he was yeah. talking about, you know, uh, suits, and he was saying you can't just buy a suit, right? And it was sort of this methodology for his life. He said you have to own it. Yeah, you right? do. You have to, yeah. like, take something and then make it your own. Oh. And that embodiment mm. – so, man, you just, like – Yes, you know, yeah. we're going to get off on a squirrel here, but cool. I don't care because, I, yeah. you know, I love clothing. I'm into fashion and everything, obviously, you know. Yes. So many people wonder, it's like, yeah. how do those celebrities that walk the red carpets look so good that they yeah. do? They must be wearing really expensive suits. Sure. Well, to start with, yeah, they are. Yeah. They are really expensive suits, but you can spend half the price, maybe even a quarter of the price on a, a decent suit and then just get it tailored. Mm-hmm. Like you said, make it your own and right. that will help you own it because there's nothing, there's nobody that can get the natural curves of your body and everything, yeah. you know, because we've got V shapes going on, which is great. Do one of the things that I always hate because it, maybe it's just America or something. The jackets are always like this, even though it's a slim fit. Yeah. You know, I'm doing air quotes right, right now. Right. But even though it's a slim fit, it's still like this box Boxy. shape. Boxy. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you get a European brand because I, I love boss yeah. suits yeah. because of that reason. They're somewhat ta- tailored right. in and tapered already, but I still have to get them pulled in. Oh, yeah. And when you do that, they just fit you so nice. And now you look like the red carpet celebrity. And I think that's also a great metaphor for business and life, right? Yeah. You gotta make it your own. You do. You yeah. have to. And that's going all in too. Don't just buy the suit off the rack and think, right. well, this is it. You know, I'm gonna have <laughs> I'm gonna have my mom, you yeah. know, finish the pants for me sure. or whatever. Yeah. You know, to, for me it's my mother in law. My mother in law yeah. is a really awesome seamstress. She hates alterations, right. you know. But either way, she's not a tailor. She's yeah. not the right person for the job right. to help make it mine. Right. You know, and you know what you want. I mean, when you yeah. look at your body, when when you look at the, the clothing that you buy, you understand what's going to fit you sure. right and what's not going to fit you right. right. And then you also understand that it's usually always going to take an extra step yep. rather than off the rack to actually make that your right. own. No matter what it is, yeah, you know, and that might even be sometimes like shrinking a shirt, yeah, because you fall. And this happens with me, dude. I right. fit between depends on where it is. I fit between yeah. a medium and a large, right? You know, and it's like my height is what messes it up. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. Well, you're preaching to the choir here. It's yeah. not exactly they create standardized clothing, you know, for my size five, yep. five foot five, right? And uh, you know, someone ought to make a startup where they actually standardize, like you know, this is the actual inseam versus <laughs> between you know twenty who, to dude, thirty. Who decides per- this? I don't know. I, I frankly do not know, but. You know, when we find the guy or yeah. girl, we'll have to talk to him. And, yeah, you know, we will. Hopefully they... Uh, I'm 6'1", and it's like yeah. everything for men is made for dudes that are like 5'9". <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. which, hey, fine, that's great. Yay, 5'9 sure. person who yeah. can get something off the rack, you sure. know. But uh, you know, these jeans, I love these, you know. And these guys... <laughs> <laughs> Just talking about everything. You should check these out. Yeah. Because it, these are made by Revtown. R-E-V-T-O-W-N. Interesting. They started out as like a biker jean. Huh. And then they transitioned over into just style fashion jeans yeah. after a while. And then when I found them, they were still only selling through their website. And this was just like mid last year. Oh, really? They just got picked up by Nordstrom earlier wow. this year. So they're they're expanding. They're doing yeah. some awesome things. But I have I have never found jeans that fit me so well as these things do. And you go on and you pick your exact size. But I was I was skeptical at first, yeah. like most people are, right, right. because you go and you buy jeans and still they're never right. right. I mean, if I would buy them from Buckle or Nordstrom or yeah. wherever, I'd still have to get them tailored. Sure. Because it's the same thing, because I would have to typically buy, for me, it was 34s right. and then right. get them taken up because a 32 was too long. I was like right in the middle. 
But I, <laughs> with RevTown, they had they're like, okay, list your height, yep. list your weight, right. list your like frame that you think that you are, right? Yeah. And then it came up and said, we think that you're a 3332. I'm like, all right, I'll order one pair. It came yeah. in, and I haven't had to do anything with these. They're amazing. These are the only jeans that I have purchased now in the past 18 months, and I started to replace all the other pairs that I have because these things are just awesome. And they're yeah. the softest. They come in several different washes. Sure. Maybe they should be a sponsor for the show now. I don't, I I don't care. I was about but to I'm say, just, like, you yeah. – I don't know, but they're just fantastic. Yeah. They really are. And they have – they they look great, too, because they're plain. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I used to wear – I'm talking so much about clothing. <laughs> uh, um, I used to wear – you know, this was – yeah several years ago, but back when sure. like the MMA clothing was, and I still have some American yeah. Fighter t-shirts, but Rock Revival jeans were just in, you know, because they had like the bling on them and everything, yeah. and everybody else that didn't really care about their appearance was still buying Levi's, sure. whatever else. Not that Levi's are horrible, but whatever. Sure. I always want to look different. Yeah. I want to I want to be walking into a room right. and people notice me right. immediately. You want to own it, right? You do, yeah. yeah. And that, that was a, there was a dude that I knew, uh, he was comparing me to my brother, and this was, sure. I love my brother. Yeah. But he was, a, this student was a Marine, and he's like, listen, he's like, look at you. When you walk into a room, everybody knows that Rick Jordan walks into a room. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, how do you get that? He's like, it's just the way you carry yourself. It's the way that you dress. You Looking at you, someone knows that you care about life, right? <laughs> whether that's your appearance, your business, the people around you, because I do, I always care about the people around me, man. Yeah. You know, I bring energy to situations because I love to uplift people. You know, and in conversation, I love to, I, I listen for things. And this is just like a natural thing. Now sure. I had to teach myself this because of my care for people. Right. But li- I listen for things and then I'll always just give them like a little tip or I'll just be like, hey, listen, you know what? Stick it out. You're all good. You know what? Turn that negativity into positive action, whatever it is. You know, or I'm just throwing out cliches now. But I don't, those, those aren't really things that I say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's the point is when you walk into a room, you have to own that room. Right. If you want to set yourself apart in business, you have to own that meeting room. Absolutely. I'm telling so many stories. Why am I in such a story mood? You're my guest and I need to let you talk a lot. I'm sorry. But last story, I promise, right? This is great. I remember this. Uh, yeah. It was a deposition. Hmm. You know, and it, really fun, right? I know, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh God, I was a witness because in yeah. the, in cybersecurity, this happens. Sure. You know, to where you discover things, yeah. and then lawsuits happen, right? And you are now a material witness sure. to that case, right? Cool. So I go into a room that's full with like eight or nine lawyers, all in suits. Now I wear suits all the time too, right? But I walked in like I am right now, yeah, with a Robert Graham shirt on, with some nice jeans on right. with some amazing shoes and I was the best dressed person in that room amongst all their two and three thousand dollars suits because when I walked into it yeah. all the heads turned dude and I owned that room and I sat down I gave them exactly the information and their minds were blown because you just no matter what area you're in, take care of your appearance. Take care of the way that you walk into the room. Take ownership of that room, that situation, and people are going to look at you differently. They're going to look at you as an expert, as an authority figure, as someone they want to hear speak, which is so important, especially when you're trying to sell to a prospect or whether you're trying to make a statement in an industry. You need to have yourself heard. So eliminate all those barriers that exist, whether that's the way that you dress and you don't have to wear suits, right? We choose to yeah, because we can own our clothing no matter what it is. Dude, uh, just like uh, we could probably wear T-shirts oh, yeah. and walk in and own that room. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> 
Rant over. All right. <laughs> Chad. Yes. <laughs> Dude, what's going on? I know, right? No, that was great. That was I really fun. enjoyed that. I um, I purposely don't do this a lot. You know, yeah. sometimes Laura will give me my amazing producer will give me, woo, she gives me a little bit of information about my yeah. guests before yep. they come on, and I I I've learned not to get too much because then we talk too much pre-show about like what you do, you know, and who you are and everything, and then it's stuff that should be in the show. But I got nothing on you, man. I just got like a first Perfect. name. Yeah. And it was, okay, I'm going to go get Chad. Yeah. I'm like, great, who's Chad? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, more than happy to provide some context, color this a little bit. Cool. Uh, you got the rest yeah. of the show, man, because no, I no, just no, talked no, a lot. No, no. We need to talk more about suits. You know, that'll happen, yeah. I'm sure, at some point in this show. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, the space that I'm in is essentially called conversational AI. And, you know, for most of us, you know, and I'm sure for many of your viewers at home, they either have an Alexa device, a Google Assistant, or yep. you've been on like the things maybe that are spying on them. Things that are spying. <laughs> and we'll definitely talk about that later. You know, that's that's certainly, you know, a hot topic, especially It is, yeah, of, especially since I'm in cybersecurity and I give people tips all the time to protect absolutely, them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so, you know, in addition to that, also like these chat bots, like you go into your like insurance provider's website, oh, yeah. trying to get something done. You know, you start talking to something. And it's like, is this thing actually like a human on the Dude, other how, end? What's the, do you have a percentage on that? Like how often that is not a human? I don't have a percentage, but what I can tell you is that the enterprise companies today, yeah. you know, they're not spending a million dollars or two million dollars. They're spending ten, twenty, thirty million dollars. The large enterprise Fortune 500 companies are investing significant money, time, energy to on actually make bots. this on yep. chatbots, on voice assistants. Yeah. Even though that's a little bit less mature as a technology perspective, but yeah. you know, yeah. so that's sort of the space I sit in. You know, I get the pleasure of talking to researchers on the academic side, talking about what's going to be on the horizon. I get to talk to these fantastic brands, really looking out to, you know, so cool. become customer centric, right? Yeah, and similarly, yeah. I talk to the vendors as well. You know, like what are what are the services they're actually selling? What's hype? What's reality? You know, what's fact from fiction? So, you know, it's it's just a really great experience. And I've essentially cemented myself, you know, in the middle of all of this. And we really focus on really cultivating the community, bringing these stakeholders to the table from vendors, researchers, and brands. And then we really foster the community. And from that, we've begun to surface a variety of different perspectives. From those perspectives, we can identify trends. And effectively, that's what we've built our consulting practice on. We provide these insights, and we work very closely with these brands to help them make the most informed decisions because conversational AI, Gartner has says there's 2,400 vendors they're tracking. Yeah, it's emerging yeah. technology and I talked to quite a few brands and they don't know what they should do, how much they should pay. You know, I was actually recently just talking to this uh, multinational PR company and I was talking to the executive VP and he said, hey, we've been interviewing multiple different vendors in this space. Every time I talk to one of these guys, they all tell me a different story. <laughs> well, what do I believe? It's like cybersecurity, man. Yeah. Everybody's got a different story. Absolutely. I'm sure this is true in your, uh, yeah. you know, because AI is a big buzzword right now. Sure. You know? I'm sure this is true in your industry because yeah. it, the Department of Homeland Security for cybersecurity, in the cybersecurity realm in that space, has come out and said that only 18% of firms actually know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. You know, so that's like... Uh, when I was in this documentary, it's an Amazon documentary yeah. on cybercrime. It was released in July. The premiere was in May this year. The red carpet premiere in Hollywood. Got to check it out. But it was, dude, it was so crazy yeah. because I, I, we had this Q and A afterwards, sure. right, for the audience that was there in Hollywood at the right. premiere. And I brought this up. I'm like, so uh, when you hear, oh, only 18 percent, you know. But what really drives it home is that means that four out of five of the people that you talk to don't know crap. Yeah, they're giving you bad advice. Right. And I'm sure you can relate to this, too, because it, with 
you just said it, you know, out of three of you, we've talked to three of you, you know, yeah. these big vendors and everybody has a different story. Right. And I'm sure that it's, you know, AI is emerging. It's still mm-hmm. developing, of course. So is cybersecurity. There's always new threats every day. But there's not 18 right ways to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what are the, it depends, I'm sure, like you, like your clients, the sure. results that you need yeah. in that arena. But th- that's when you have to match up to some of those firms. And like my firm is not yeah. the right firm for everybody, you know, whether that be from a dollar perspective or the results that can be delivered because they might have different goals or yeah. different threats depending on the industry that they're in. Probably is that similar to your client base too? Absolutely. You know, I mean, I think in like any you know, market where there is emerging things that are happening, and especially in cybersecurity, it's always going to be this cat-mouse game, right? Yeah. If you're not ahead of that, you don't have situational awareness, you know, because I think the biggest thing in some of these emerging markets, whether it be technology or just like, you know, social issues or economics or geopolitics, right? It's always asymmetrical, right? All this yeah. information oh, yeah. is distributed out there. Some people have more, some people have less. And it's like beginning to, you know, analyze that and be able to surface what's actually pragmatic yeah. for specific yeah. people, brands, you know, vendors in this space. And we see this all the time, right? I mean, you know, so what had happened initially, especially with chatbots, we saw this huge, you know, spike of hype, you know, the same hype cycle we always see, right, in 2016. Yep. And you had yep. all these incumbent technology vendors, those which I will not name on here. Um, and, you know, they went out and they said, hey, give us all your data. Dude, you, know, you can talk we'll... about anybody on here. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> So I, I'm just unless saying, it harms you, I wouldn't want that. But I'm yeah. not, dude, you can troll anybody or whatever. For sure. I mean, like these are the big technology incumbents. Like anything I say is not going to hurt them or their feelings. Yeah. But you know, so these guys came out and they said, you know, we have this AI technology. You give us your data, and it'll automatically be be able to respond to all of these things and have conversations almost on parity with humans, right? And what happened was these brands, these enterprise companies adopted it. Expectations simply did not meet reality. Yeah. Right. And on. you know, it got yep. a bad taste. You know, I'm sure yeah. you probably have seen, you know, some I have, of the PR. and I'm going to give you a specific yeah. example and give you a, not necessarily the AI side, but I can relate this to Comcast. I will say their name because nobody in America likes Comcast. <laughs> you know, it's a, <laughs> they, they deliver service. They, yeah. they deliver okay service. I mean, when it works, it works, and sure. it works really, really well, right? Yeah. They just released a cybersecurity thing that is a whopping $29 a month. You know, that says, we're going to protect your business, you know, and you have visibility into yeah. all this stuff. And I'm looking at the details of this. This is just like a month ago, man. And I'm looking at it, and it's really like a marketing play. Sure. And the technology, because with cybersecurity, and this might be the same with AI, yeah. the only way to truly protect yourself is, and there's, there's a threshold. There's a threshold between prevention and response. Sure. And there are layers on both sides. It is not just one silver bullet that does everything. You have to have different layers of technology and tools and people, human skills, to analyze what's going on on both sides of this to make a solution work. And that's why only 18% actually know what the heck they're doing. But Comcast came out and said, hey, new service, I think it's called Security Edge. Security Edge. Yeah, isn't that sexy? Yeah, Yeah. right. Great great branding, right? I mean, I I like the name. Exactly. $29.95 a month. It stops the threats at your modem. Yeah, and everybody knows what a modem is, but it's like, hey, we're going to give you a dashboard to log into you so you can see everything that it's blocking. Sure. Like, great. Now, on their side, it's freaking brilliant. Yeah. Because really, I see this as they're obtaining just a tiny little bit of revenue to give marketing insights into their clients to make 
their clients feel safe and secure. Sure. Which is important. Right. To, to actually say, hey, we're trying to protect you, right? Yeah. But this is just one layer, literally out of like 13 or 14, that's needed to yeah. legitimately protect somebody. Sure. For, on the, just even on the prevention side. Right. You know, but for $29, I'm looking at this, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's like a third of what I charge on our security stack per person. Yeah. In an enterprise. <laughs> right. Because it, this stuff just costs money, man. It's not a $29. And, the, you know, they might help some small businesses, sure. like three or four yeah. that don't know what they're doing, you know, and that's fine. Or they can, they don't realize that they need to afford right. something larger than that, you know. But this is going to be, this is what people are looking towards in the future, too, is AI. Right. And chats are becoming even greater. Absolutely. You know, in use. I mean, I use them now. You know, I use some chat bots and I also use real human beings. It's a blend mm-hmm. to respond right. to different sites that I have, funnels, social media, everything that's out there. Right. And if this didn't exist, there's no possible way because this society now expects immediate response and immediate resolution. There's almost no possible way to afford to do that with all human beings. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like, I think you sort of hit the nail on the head, right? It's a blend, right? It's a blend of technology still, as well as humans still in the loop, right? And it's being able to identify, like, what is the most practical approach within that, you know, especially in cybersecurity, right? Because, like, I have actually a fascination in cybersecurity. So, you know, I think think a good example perhaps is, okay, yeah, I can buy this thing for $25 or $29 a month or whatever it is, right? And maybe it does some sort of, like, signature-based, you know, antivirus detection and some sort of basic firewall. Which doesn't even work anymore, yeah. But the problem (laughs) is, right, to your point, it's like you still need people because, like, how do you prevent against social engineering? Yeah, you, you can literally circumvent that entire stack of security, call them, say, hey, I'm with a telephone company. I'd like to yeah. blah, blah, blah. And now you're in their company. Yeah, right? you got it. And, you know, similarly with what we do, you know, I'll give you a specific example, you know, in customer support. Right. So today what we're seeing is that we're not going to get rid of all the customer support agents. What we're going to do is we're going to use conversational AI to automate and to enable certain inquiries that are pretty simple. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, for things that we need to escalate, we can escalate. Right. But now there's a huge advantage because you're taking that time they were traditionally spending, you know, a huge amount of bandwidth on doing these really simple questions every single day. Right on. And now right you on. can focus on the hard ones. But not only does it help the customer and the company from a cost savings perspective as well as from like an experience perspective. Yeah. But think about the people that work in the call center. Yeah, you know, like right now on. their life is like a little bit better. The morale is better. You don't have to answer the same question a hundred times you in got a it. row. You got it. So Dude, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm... <clears throat> This is going to get me because my brain's going into yeah. a, a different area here because AI is, we'll just call it like the latest threat to jobs, human jobs. Sure. Yeah, and this has been just a cycle throughout history too. Yeah. And it, it there's this phrase right that really grinds my gears. Uh, when, when individuals don't try to comprehend what this can actually do because right. this is the evolution of society. Mm-hmm. You know, and I see this because it, like Ikea, right? Everybody knows Ikea. Yeah. There's a warehouse that was just built in the suburbs of Chicago sure. that is totally automated. Right. There's not a single human being in this place. Yeah. They, they get, even from picking the boxes up to getting ready to ship these things, it's all robotic. Yeah. And, you know, the unions and just individuals yeah. and everybody was just up in arms about this place. You're taking jobs, you're taking jobs. Yeah. And it's like, listen, the jobs that you're talking about 
were low paying to begin with. Right. You know, so I don't care what you think about minimum wage. What about growing your own knowledge? Mm-hmm. What about saying, okay, well, I see this industry is drying up. This has right. happened, I mean, with, with steel, with, with, with industrial manufacturing throughout the course of the United States history right. is that there become more efficient ways to do jobs, but it creates a space for people to go out and improve and educate themselves and learn something new. So if society is making a shift into bigger and better things like AI, like robotics, like anything technology related that might be replacing, in, and it does, you know, because it, it does replace some human jobs. It does displace Absolutely. those things because they, they can do it cheaper, they can do it better, they can do it faster yeah. with technology. Well, cool. Let's shift over and learn some new skills. Yeah. You can always improve upon yourself and you can go after something that paid you even more than what you were just doing to begin with because now you have an, have an opportunity maybe to go into engineering. You know, maybe you were just a, a, a warehouse employee before, but now you can go into engineering and learn how to make those robots and earn double what your pay was before Absolutely. because now you know how to repair those robots. You know how to build them and maybe you'll come up with the next great idea, form the next billion dollar company, form the next startup because you had this spark that was inside of you just because you decided not to settle and whine in a little corner like a little baby and say my job was taken rather than seeing that as an opportunity to say I can improve upon myself right now and be even better and make even more and do more good than what I was doing before. Yeah, no, I mean, straight truth, straight truth. I I couldn't agree more with that fact. And I mean, like, you're right. I mean, like you sort of alluded to this transformation that's been going on for the last hundreds, if not thousands of years. Right. And I think we see it, you know, in just these industrial revolutions. Right. We had the steam engine. We had mass production. We had the microprocessor, the proliferation of the Internet. Like the past 200 years, the country has existed. Right. This has always happened. Exactly. It's just tech right now. AI right now is, right. The, is the latest threat. Right. And I'm and doing air quotes again. And there's new Luddites, you know, in every single industrial revolution yeah. that, you know, fear technology. Right. But I mean, I think the, the thing is, is like you can't fear it as something that's dangerous. You have to see it as an opportunity. To right your point, on. there's new industries that are emerging that never existed before. Yeah. For example, in my sector here. So there's like a new uh, job position, job title, job opportunity company that is expanding right now. It's called cool. Conversation Design. So essentially with chatbots or voice assistance, there's a certain part of that technology can handle, which is like the technology's understanding to a certain degree of yeah, accuracy, yeah. what the person is saying and classifying that as in actual intent, right? For example, I want to buy a pizza. It understands that utterance and it says, oh, okay, we think it's the purchase pizza intent, right? Yep, but yep. now someone needs to be a able human to, being. A human being yes. needs to craft the script that the chatbot or the voice experience is going to write back. Now, that copywriting, that design is not really something that people have done before, yeah. right? So this new whole industry. It's new job creation. New job creation. <laughs> and like the, the crazy thing that I yeah. see is like, we there, since since people from so many diverse walks of life are being conversation yeah, designers, yeah. it's like copywriters and people from UX and people from psychology because there's no standard today. Like literally today, there is no standard. Mm-hmm. The biggest companies today, you know, you look at uh, job positions and the actual requirements, all of them are saying something different. Yeah, for sure. So there's huge opportunities yep. anywhere you lo- really look. And, you know, I could also draw upon my personal experience. I mean, like, I mean, for the longest time, I've always been interested. I've always been running startups to, you know, greater or, or lesser degrees of success. And Sweet. I remember, you know, you and Andrew were talking about this on a previous podcast and you were saying, you know, 
a lot of businesses we've both started have have failed, right? But it's just failures the, are awesome. Failures are <laughs> awesome because like it's gotten me to this point, you know. And my education was marketing, right? So I was doing marketing at like a mid market IT company, yeah. always running like side projects, you know, service based like consulting companies for you know uh, development, front end, back end, etc. And you know, for me. I saw this opportunity on the horizon, and we, we actually yeah, stumbled yeah. into it. And we said, you know what, let's jump all in. And you know what, like there's no school that you can go to to get into right conversation, yep. conversational AI. So similarly, the opportunity presented itself. Have some faith in yourself, right? Value yourself, yeah, yeah. and you know, see where that takes you, right? Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out every Monday. Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening. I am Rick Jordan and I approve this message.